0: faithwire.com. Russia accused of war crimes after a mass grave was uncovered over the weekend with bodies of hundreds of civilians, including kids and a mayor and her family. Today is Monday, April 4th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. Love that top story and more on today's four and three podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We'd love to have you join us as we go through the news of the day with a christian perspective if you're tired of letting those algorithms dictate what you see well take control of it go ahead and subscribe on itunes make sure you get news that shares your values here and joining me as always today trey Goins, phillips billy Hollowell from cbn's faithwire with a quick look at what's coming up on the podcast today how's it going guys happy monday
1: happy monday you know yeah. I, I call it the news of the cray because the day just keeps, <laughs> the days just keep that's getting fair. crazier and crazier it's
0: accurate facts
2: it is true it is true but hey we live to we live another day so yeah you know we'll, we'll we'll keep talking about the crazy as long as we can till jesus
0: comes back we're gonna just right we'll keep on talking about this uh fallen world
2: that's yeah. right that's right So, all right. I'm going to be talking about uh, Elon Musk. He can add a new title to his resume. He's now Twitter's largest shareholder. Mm. So we'll get into those details.
1: Yeah. And we're going to be talking about surveys, showing some really interesting things about parents' fears over their kids' spiritual development. There's actually some interesting numbers coming out on that.
0: All right. Looking forward to those. We're going to start here in... Ukraine, where there was just some shocking news over the weekend. It's been kind of a stalemate of sorts where um, Russian troops sort of backed out of Kiev was the report. And, um, you know, you're seeing still attacks happening, but the whole country's not fallen. This has gone well over a month now. I believe we're on day 40 of this war. And President Biden had said at the outset when he put in those um, sanctions that... Hey, give it a month or so and let's see how it's going. Well, here we are and it's still, we've got mass graves coming out now and children dying and horrific scenes unfolding and no end in sight right now. And the mayor of a Ukrainian village is the latest sad story in the midst of this war. uh, Was reportedly kidnapped, executed and dumped in a shallow grave alongside her husband and her son. Satellite images show this, a 45-foot trench where a mass grave was dug. This was shortly out, or outside of a village uh, near Kiev. And so her family, they were believed to have been kidnapped by Russian troops back on March 23rd. That's according to Ukrainian officials. They were also believed by the evidence there to be uh, tortured before they were brutally murdered and so this mass grave it's right next to a church ironically and so you can see it there in satellite images that have come out these images are so disturbing and according to ukraine's deputy pm there have been at least 11 mayors and leaders taken into russian captivity and we here at cbn we have a personal connection to this sort of kidnapping this sort of abduction that's happening and being reported as one of our ukrainian aid workers with orphans promise was also abducted allegedly by Russian troops back uh, earlier in March, and not heard from since. So um, she had made, according to uh, Terry Musin, a a desperate call after she after she had been taken. She somehow got her hands on a phone and made a call and warned a pastor to escape and to flee because they were coming for him, and that was the last anyone heard from her. So so this is now just another example of what these Russian troops are capable of. When they're taking people like this. And so some 400 plus bodies of civilians have been found so far near Kiev. And President Zelensky is calling it a genocide. And there have been over 150 children found in the middle of this. And President Zelensky delivered a message via video to the Grammys last night. And here's part uh, of what he said.
2: What's more opposite to music? The silence ruined cities and kills people. Our children draw swooping rockets, not shooting stars. Over 400 children have been injured and 153 children died. And we'll never see them drawing. Our parents are happy to wake up in the morning in bomb shelters, but alive. Our loved ones don't know if we will be together again. The world doesn't let us choose who survives and who stays in internal silence. Our musicians wear body armor instead of tuxedo, they sing. To the wounded in hospitals, even to those who can't hear them, but the music will break through anyway. We defend our freedom to live, to love, to sound. On our land, we are fighting Russia, which brings horrible silence with its bombs, the dead silence. Fill the silence with your music. Fill it today to tell our story. Tell the truth about the war on your social networks, on TV.
0: And he went on talking about tell the truth on social networks, on TV, on shows, et cetera, et cetera, um, in a message that many received as moving and touching um, in which he, as you could hear there, in his his English accent there, um, or heavy-accented English, rather, that um, he wanted them to have the music break through all of this. And so, obviously, talking to the Grammy crowd, focus on music. So, you have that plea happening last night. He also uh, toured the area where this mass grave was, uh, today saying that dead people have been found in barrels, basements, and they've been strangled and tortured. And he also said that seeing this scene makes it quote, very difficult to negotiate with Russia when you see all this going on. And guys, the pictures are just, I mean, they're horrific. Um, viewer discretion advised if you're going to look and see what's going on, but I feel like it's important because you just don't, you're getting the the news from afar. You're hearing, oh, Russians are confused. And, and those, while those things are true, you don't get the full scale and scope of what's actually happening in this war and how people are dying. And the reason why millions of people have fled because it's so dangerous to be there. And of course, Russia's response to all this is they're calling it false propaganda and a quote provocation by Ukraine. So, Why does it matter, guys? Obviously, this war has just been going on and it's impacting so many people. We've interviewed Christians there who are trying to maintain the faith and to lead humanitarian efforts there. CBN, um, through Orphan's Promise and Operation Blessing, on the ground there and on the borders in Poland, Hungary, helping out. So you can pray, you can physically help. But as Christians, when this sort of persecution is going on, you know, we've got to be involved in one or two or both of those things at least.
2: Anytime I hear these stories about kids, it yeah. just it makes it that much more difficult to stomach, right? When when kids are involved, uh, obviously war there there are going to be children's lives involved, and obviously we have George Thomas who's been over there, and then um, uh, Valentina, as you referenced. Dan, Mm -hmm. uh, we still don't know her situation. It's just so, so many difficult things to process, but that's just the reality of war. And I think, you know, us highlighting these stories and certainly President Zelensky speaking at the Grammys is just a good reminder, one of the blessings we have in the West, but also there are still, you know, the news cycle moves on at at certain points, but there's still so much going on in Ukraine and there's still plenty, plenty of things for us as believers to be prayerful about. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, I just, the fact that they can act as though Ukraine is provoking them after this <laughs> right. is discovered is one of the most remarkable right. pieces of this sinister puzzle that just never seems to be complete. I mean, they just, they don't, it, it's such a strange situation, but I do think the world is also being forced to watch. And I'm not saying this because I think there's a better option. We don't We don't really have good options on how to handle this. But we are now watching the effect of pulling back and stepping out and saying we're not going to do anything. We are not going to take action. This is the impact of that. You know, mm-hmm. Here we are, as you were saying, Dan, a month past, more than a month past this. This is the fallout. This is what is happening to real-life human beings, and that is what we are seeing. Mm-hmm. And I And I doubt that this is the end of that,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. I think you may be right there.
2: Well, we could spend, obviously, we've, we've talked about it a lot, and we could spend the whole podcast talking about everything that's going on there because it seems like it changes every yeah. single minute. Um, but for now, we'll move on to talk about Elon Musk, obviously the founder of Tesla and SpaceX. Now he is Twitter's largest shareholder, too. Uh, so news of the entrepreneur's financial grab uh, comes just days after he took to his own Twitter account uh, to question uh, the the platform's handling of free speech. He even asked if he needed to create his own social media site. Uh, He tweeted on March 26th, given that Twitter serves as the de facto public town square, failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy. What should be done? Uh, then in a follow-up tweet a little bit later, he said, is a new platform needed? Now, several right-leaning Twitter users immediately responded, uh, urging Musk uh, to just buy Twitter uh, or create his own platform. Among those were uh, were Christina Poushaw. She's a press secretary for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, and then conservative radio host Buck Sexton, who wrote, save the country from these Psycho Silicon Valley libs. Uh, Those were just two of of many responses urging Elon Musk to, if he's not going to create his own platform, at least completely buy Twitter outright, though I'm not so certain that Twitter is even for sale, but if it was... Uh, That was, you know, that's what they urged him to do. And apparently he took their comments to heart, at least somewhat, because according to a filing from the SEC uh, released this morning, Musk purchased a 9.2% stake in Twitter, Inc., uh, meaning he now controls about 73.5 million shares in the company, making him the brand's largest shareholder, according to Fox Business. Uh, So Twitter shares jumped more than 25% in the wake of the news, uh, and individual stocks were priced at $49.81 each as of the the taping of this podcast. Uh, So this is what someone else uh, tweeted after after he, he first posted about it in March. Uh, Musk posted. He said, "Would you consider buying a new, building a new social media platform, one that would consist of open source, of an open source algorithm, one where free speech and adhering to free speech is given top priority, one where propaganda is very minimal? I think that kind of platform is needed." And Musk said that he is giving serious thought to the idea of building out a new platform. So I suppose that's still, you know, a possibility. Even though he now is the largest shareholder in Twitter, it still is possible he could build out something of his own uh, to rival Twitter. Uh, So all of this, though, comes after two Christian outlets, uh, the Babylon Bee, obviously a satirical site, uh, and the Christian Post, a news outlet. Uh, have both been deplatformed from their Twitter accounts. Uh, we reported on both stories. Uh, Billy interviewed uh, people at, at both outlets. Uh, in an interview with Faithwire, uh, the Bee's Seth Dillon, he's the CEO, he questioned why Twitter won't just delete uh, a satirical post about U.S. Secretary for Health, Dr. Rachel Levine, uh, who is a man but identifies as a transgender female. Uh, Twitter said the Bee's post, which uh, named him or named Levine jokingly, uh, the Babylon Bee's man of the year. Uh, Twitter said that that post violated its hateful conduct policies. And rather than remove the post itself, uh, the staff at Twitter are r- urging the bee or trying to force the bee uh, to delete the post on its own in order to regain access to its Twitter account. Uh, Dylan, though, said that he would not be deleting the tweet uh, because uh, they're not going to bend the knee, he said, uh, and delete it, uh, you, know, trying, you know, because he said that would be an admission that we did something wrong or that our post was incorrect. Uh, and he said that it's a satirical post and it's, you know, we're not going to we're not going to delete it. Uh, he, He said to require us to go in there and delete the tweet and affirm that we engaged in hateful conduct. I mean, how can you expect us to do that? They're more than welcome to delete that tweet if they want to. It's their platform. Uh, but why should we have to do it? Uh, they just want us to bend the knee, like I said. Uh, and then uh, the Christian Post took a similar stance after they p- tweeted an article reporting on USA Today, uh, which named Levine uh, one of its Women of the Year. Uh, like the Bee, uh, the Post reporter Brandon Showalter told CBN's Faithwire, Uh, that the Christian news site would not delete its post. Uh, He said, the reason that the Christian post is such a stickler for language, I thought this was a a really great comment, uh, especially when reporting on the developments of transgender ideology is because we value the truth. If we fail to maintain the integrity of what and how we report on these hot-button issues, we do a great disservice to our readers who count on us to communicate Honestly, uh, so needless to say, neither the Christian Post uh, nor the Babylon Bee have regained access to their Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, both have have been locked out, and you know the Christian Post hasn't tweeted since March 18th, and the Babylon Bee since uh, March 20th. Uh, so it's you know it's certainly interesting that Elon Musk has bought this uh, you know, th- the stake in Twitter, uh, after one criticizing Twitter, but also amid all of this censorship, certainly of Christians. And, and it seems like targeting conservative outlets primarily. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. And I saw that, uh, the Babylon B editor in chief, Kyle Mann, who's not locked out of his account at the yeah. moment, tweeted out, uh, like Tanner, a bunch of stories that they had done recently and just kind of was like a wink, wink. If you, (laughs) if you haven't been able to see our stories because we're locked out of our account, check out these. And it's, it got a lot of traction. So kind of funny that they're just going around and they're still getting out there and still seeing it anyway. It's, it's utterly absurd for Twitter to try to be a language police like this. So it's interesting because I don't know how much, despite however many billions of dollars he spends, I don't know how much influence within content decisions that that buys elon musk so it's a very interesting thing because i mean three billion dollars is not exactly a small sum of finances so obviously a big deal for him there and for anybody so it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that other than elon musk just owning a lot of shares in twitter (laughs) uh but yeah i mean that people are certainly getting frustrated with the algorithms and so and when Elon by the way was last thing I'll say here is floating his idea for a new network when he when he talks about having minimal propaganda and an open source algorithm I don't know I mean I'm not sure how much of an improvement that is I mean I guess it would be an improvement but it still makes you go is this just going to be more of the same but just a little less of it
1: well it makes you wonder I mean, look, somebody like him, he's not just doing things flippantly without a reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. he can, he has the money to do that, but he had posted a number of things as Trey noted in his piece um, about this issue, pondering whether or not we needed another option. Then he goes and buys Twitter stock. I mean, is this a, is this some elaborate effort to sort of, make Twitter nervous that, I mean, look, if this is a guy who has the money and the means to create something that could rival Twitter potentially, right? Yeah. I mean, he he's one of the only people who probably could do something like that. And he's revolutionized plenty of other technologies with the work he's done. So it makes you wonder if it's an effort to sort of push Twitter to maybe make better decisions on some of these free speech issues um, mm-hmm. Not I don't want to use the word bully, but you know maybe bully them a little strong bit, strong arm them a little, yeah. arm them. That's a better well, that's a better way of looking at it. Well, how much does
0: ego play into this? Because I mean, part of this, you look at the tweets. It's not it's not just like he grabbed his phone and decided to tweet one day about <laughs> Twitter, and then all of a sudden a, a week later he spends three billion dollars. This is clearly calculated, and he's yeah, and he's he's really smart at using social media because he knows. Because what were all the reactions to those tweets? They're like, Oh, buy it. Elon, you got to buy Twitter, make your own thing. He's, he's pos- cleverly positioning himself as the savior here in, right. in a lot of these scenarios. And so,
1: but he could be, that's the point. He could I mean, be, I don't know. He I mean, could you know. Be. He has the means to be. So, I mean, look, if I'm him, I would, I would, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. If I was really bored, I'd try to buy Twitter. <laughs> um, and even if it's not, look, everything's for sale at the right price. So you never yeah. know. But, but um, it, it is interesting. I feel like there's something behind it, whether that's just being a troll or something more, <laughs> it was plotted and planned.
0: I mean, look, if there's one thing I can learn from this, if, if it, it must be good in life to have $3 billion around to be a troll, hey, I am just going <laughs> to troll. Let's let's become the largest uh, pocket stakeholder change. in Twitter. That's a, it must be fun to troll like that. An extra $3 billion laying around, but uh, just saying, yeah. but just
1: saying, I guess time will tell. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we will have to wait and see. Now, our last story is about Christian parents. We've done a number of stories here about surveys that show worldview disparity, the fact that parents are essentially Christian parents not really prepared themselves with a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. So how are they gonna pass it on to their kids? Well, there's a new survey from Barna that I found really intriguing. And maybe there's – I'd love to hear your position on this after we go through it. Maybe there's some hope here, Um, but 73% of parents in America reported at least somewhat of a concern about their kids' spiritual development and formation. So they were asked, you know, how concerned are you over your children's spiritual development? um thirty seven percent reported being very concerned, and thirty six percent said they said that they were somewhat concerned. So that amounted to seventy three. Now, the statistics became much more interesting once you asked Christian parents. Now, that was just general parents, seven and ten saying that. You had 80% of Christian parents, and these are people who call themselves Christians, saying that they, they were either very or somewhat concerned about spiritual development. Um, 58% of non Christian parents said the same. So, again, really, really interesting. Uh, but the better number to look at, really, here are the Christians who are actually out there, you know, living their faith out, right? Um, And 51% of those Christians, those would be people who attended church at least once in the last month, they say that their faith is very important to them. 51% said that they were very concerned about their kids' faith. And so that's something you would expect to see. Uh, We also see high percentages of Christian parents, um, self-identified Christian parents, saying that they're very concerned that their kids will walk away from the faith that their kids might leave the faith or not stay true to it. And so what is fascinating, again, about this is that there was another survey about a month ago that we covered, as I mentioned at the top here, it was the American Worldview Inventory Survey, and that found that 67% of parents who who have preteen children, almost 70% of them, said that they were Christians, but that just about 4% of those Christian parents of preteens actually had a biblical worldview. So there's very clearly a disconnect here, right? We know that people are moving away from traditional biblical values, but what we see in this latest survey is that there is a fear and a worry about our children spiritually. So we may not realize that we, some of us aren't in the right position spiritually, but we want our kids to be. And that was, this is interesting to me because I think the why it matters is this is the first survey that I've seen that really shows a thirst for children to be on that right path, even if the parents aren't. And so this to me is an opening for some real opportunity. If you're an evangelist and you're seeing this, you're thinking, well, how do I, how do I jump onto that and make sure the parents are where they need to be so that the kids can then successfully also own that faith when they grow up? So some interesting stuff there.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you would hope from Christian parents that the number would be a hundred percent that they're concerned with their child's spiritual development. Right. Um, but I think when, when you look at concern, as you mentioned in that one, they're worried about them walking away from the faith. I think a lot of that is from the external factors. I'm sure that that number is heightened when you look at just the, that what's going on at public schools. I mean, for anyone who follows TikTok or Twitter or social media and you see these accounts dedicated to posting some of the crazy that's coming from public schools where you have teachers. I saw one just this weekend where a teacher was talking about how they have a secret clothes closet in their classroom for kids who identify as transgender to come in and wear different clothes and basically encouraging them from hiding it from their parents. So it's like if their parents don't let them dress as the opposite gender, they can come in and safely do that at school without their parents' knowledge. I mean, that is, that is some disturbing stuff, but I think those are the sorts of things that are going on in culture right now that have parents concerned. Their kids are getting bombarded with some radical ideas about life, about gender, about race, about sexuality, it's just a, yeah. it's just a massive bombardment at this point and so I think it there's an increased awareness now of developing your kids um, morality and spirit spirituality even from that secular perspective but you have a lot of people looking at it going what is going on here you know I need to get, get them on the right track and as you said that's a great opportunity for Christians to step in and show people the truth you know I saw somebody make this comment Billy um, I think it was Emily Tomes, who is a, a Christian speaker, and uh, she, you know, was saying that there is this fracture happening now between, like, secular conservatism and Christianity. Whereas there is a lot of overlap there on a lot of issues, and that existed, but now because society is getting so crazy that these differences are becoming very clear, where you have to make a distinction where you can't make it politically a lot of times, you you can make it spir- with, with a Christian worldview, right? If that yeah. makes sense when you're talking about um, issues of sexuality and gender identity and those things, because a lot of times from the secular conservative side, you'll hear people arguing for just well, just get the government out of it and it's fine. Well, that's still missing the truth, and I think you have a lot of people who are saying, okay, that's fine, I guess, but I really want to teach my kids what's true, not just um, to just leave everyone alone and, and, you know, let bygones be bygones, right? There's there's more to it than that.
1: No, 100%. And I think... You know, to your point, you had said earlier, you know, you'd hope 100% of of Christian parents. I do think it's interesting the way that the question is asked. They say, as a parent, how concerned are you about your child's or your children's spiritual development? You know, practicing Christians obviously have the highest percentage of very or somewhat. It's 84%. Um, so only about 16% expressed not very, or not at all in terms of their concern, but I would bet some of those people aren't worried because maybe they're feeling like their kids are on the right track. Right. So that is an interesting part of this, but you know, the, your point too here, I mean, looking at the schools, the things that are going on in a lot of ways, I think this is a wake up call for people, Mm -hmm. right? People are waking up and they're like, what in the world is going on? How did we get here? Five years ago, things were a little wacky, but nobody would have guessed we'd be in this particular cultural position that we're in right now, where you're struggling to know if you can trust the schools, the very institutions that are set up to guide children and outside of the family and church, obviously, are not doing so in the right direction. So I, I think we're going to see, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some spiritual resurgence coming out of these crazy times.
0: Mm. Yeah, indeed. And I mean, we can pray for that as Christians when we're looking at the news, you know, and I feel the need to mention this sometimes, Billy, because it can be depressing as you're going through the news and you see all this stuff with crazy gender ideologies happening and overt sexuality being pushed on kids and gender transitioning for youth being championed by the president of the United States. You know, you have all these things happening in this culture shift and it makes, you know, a lot of people just... Kind of like, what? Well, why do we have to focus on all this negative? But it's so you understand the times, you understand what's going on, and for parents to be able to have these conversations with their family, you have to be informed. You can't just put blinders on and hope that your kid isn't impacted by it because it's everywhere. And so we have to report on this stuff, but also give you, hopefully, a Christian perspective on that to to help you have these conversations, to help you see it through a Christian lens, because. As you said, I mean, the opportunities out there are bound. And I think because of the extremity of it and how crazy it's getting in some issues. Like you said, it gives us those opportunities. It gives us a window in to to present the truth in that situation. So Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we need. We need that truth more than ever.
0: Amen. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. A, a quick update, by the way, to my first story, which... Um, happened while we were taping here but uh, president biden has called for a war crimes trial against putin saying uh, also that he's seeking more sanctions after this is in response to the atrocities that we mentioned there at the top so that's that'll be interesting to see where that goes um because it's uh, that seems i don't know what the precedents are off the top of my head but it seems like calling for a war crimes trial against a major power like that is is probably probably relatively infrequent. So we'll keep that up to date. You can check out cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for the latest on that and more news from a Christian perspective. So we shall be back here tomorrow, um, Lord willing, and the creep don't rise, of course. So God bless. Have a great rest
2: of your Monday.